welcome to Random Gaming Talk, it's Entertainment Talks podcast for video games. I'm your host Matthew, joining me today, my co-host is Robert. How are you doing? I'm doing good, how are you doing today? Doing good, doing good. Uh, we did skip last week, I was not very well at all. Um, I didn't record the United cast last week or do Gaming Talk. Um, it got to like, I think 1 o'clock or half 12, we, we were going to record at like 2. And I thought, no, there's no way I'm going to feel better in, in an hour, so... Uh, but we're back this week. Um, still got a bit of a cold I'm fighting off. I think you do as well. But I'm I'm certainly feeling a lot better than what I was last week. So uh, I feel like I'm kind of back, but uh, sort of ninety to ninety five percent back, which is which is good. Um, what have you been playing? I guess in the last two weeks. Uh, well, I had a freak out with one of my games. I was playing uh, Stranded Alien Dawn until the game absolutely spazzed out my computer and I had to uninstall the game. So I'm going to wait for another update before I go back into that. In the interim, I've just been plodding along all the side quests on Kingdom Come Deliverance. Um, I had to start a new game on Farthest Frontier because they did an update for that. And my current save was no longer valid. Um, But outside of that, work has really kind of taken up. A better chunk of my life, so I really haven't had a whole lot of time to play games. Cool. Uh, for me, <clears throat> um, as people may have may have known, uh, I am currently playing Hogwarts Legacy. I know there's still some discourse around the game. Um, just to say, in in a shorter version, um, I do not believe that uh, you know me playing this game means that I agree with with J.K. Rowling. I very very much don't. Um, I you know stand very much with trans people. I just don't agree with the whole angle on um you know me playing this video game means i'm sort of <clears throat> hurting people and that type of stuff i know we've said it like a bunch of times before but i'm just going to give the shorter version of it i've done two podcasts on the topic already uh, so if you want to look out for those um you can you can uh, do that i suppose uh, but on to hogwarts legacy itself um but by the way just just to put a bit of a note on top of that i haven't actually bought the game i am renting it so um if it is the case that like okay you, you buy the game for seventy dollars and J.K. Rowling gets five of it or I, I don't know what what it would be, I haven't actually done that. So um, as far as I'm concerned with the, with the money side of things, I'm just giving Boomerang my money each month and that's for any game of my choice um, or any game that they have really. So uh, those are just some notes on that. Um, I am about my my save file says I'm six hours in. Um, I'm not sure if that's not including or including save time uh, or like browsing the menus and stuff um but it's it's really really good so far i i still feel like i'm kind of in not not an intro part of the game but a kind of i'm still learning so many different spells and in the quests menu it will tell you um like hey if you complete this side mission whatever you'll unlock such and such so you'll you'll know if you're going to unlock something before you do a side quest, uh, and quite a lot of the spells, surprisingly, are sort of not locked behind side quests, but you have to do them to do the side quests. I don't know if that means later on down the line that if you keep doing um, main story, if it says, hey, you need to go off and do this thing, because I've, I've not really bumped into that sort of situation. But I've been encouraged to keep doing the side quests. I think they've been uh, pretty interesting so far. I've unlocked a broomstick, uh, or d- unlocked the, the training for it. I did that, did like some courses and stuff. Um, bought a broomstick, which was uh, relatively easy to do, so that's pretty good. I put like a small little video 
on the YouTube channel yesterday, just sort of showing some of that off. That's uh, entertainment talk plays over on YouTube. Um, the combat, I think, is very good. I've not quite learned sort of through myself um, how to do lots of combos. And I was looking at some different gameplay videos. It's like, hey, if you do this and then this, you can, like, do this to kind of, like, open my mind up a little bit as to, okay, if you use this spell to pull an enemy, then use this spell, you can, you know, fight better. So I'm trying to sort of put some of those together. I am finding sometimes in combat, I don't know if it's my setting, because there is a lot of different sort of settings in the in the control, so maybe I haven't tweaked that to quite the right thing. Because um, if you're not locked onto the enemy, you'll get like a, a see-through white sort of silhouette around an enemy. And when you, as you turn your camera left or right, it will target a different enemy, and you then attack them. I often find, maybe about 10% of the time, it doesn't, uh, highlight the enemy that I think it's going to. There is an actual lock-on system, but I know it doesn't feel quite as free-flowing as what it needs to. Um, so maybe that's just me, what, what I've done with the targeting system. Maybe there's some other setting I can I can do for that. Um, story is pretty good so far. I've not really progressed loads into the story. Um, there's clearly some mystery and things going on, so that's quite good. But I'm mostly impressed with the combat when it sort of goes well, when I sort of put a few different uh, spells together. And then able to do a, a, a bigger sort of combo. Uh, flying is quite simple and quite good. Um, so that's good as well. But overall I'm, I'm very much enjoying it. I can definitely see for like hardcore uh, Harry Potter sort of fanatics. Which I, I like the franchise. I think it's cool. I, I enjoyed the films. I was never. I, I would never call myself like a Harry Potter fan. I never brought sort of like merchandise or saw the films those are times. I watched them. I liked them. I thought the characters were quite cool. Um... And yeah, I always kind of thought like, oh, Harry Potter is an interesting IP. Then Harry Potter itself as an IP just went dormant and quiet for years until the Fantastic Beasts films came out. So uh, I imagine for people that are like really, really into this stuff and know, because there's clearly a lot of lore and things I don't really get or whatever. Um, an example of that would be sort of... You could ask me, okay, how do clickers end up being clickers in The Last of Us? And I'll be able to probably tell you how that happens. But if someone said to me, hey, Matt, how did this creature in Harry Potter come around to be? I wouldn't really be able to get... So, like, lore questions like that. But you don't really need to know that stuff in order to in to enjoy this game. Um, it's like when they showed the um, uh, flying animal a bunch of times. I didn't even sort of know the name of it. You know, that kind of thing. But, again, it's not sort of like... Completely relevant for you to know that to play this game, you can just kind of have a good time with it. But I, I imagine for Harry Potter fanatics that have been wanting this game for like over 20 years, uh, you'll probably be quite happy with this game, I would imagine. So, uh, have you seen anything from Hogwarts Legacy recently? Um, I have seen a couple of people that I follow on Twitch uh, stream it. Uh, like I've said before, I've never really been into the franchise. I think that's more just because of my age. Maybe it just never really clicked. I mean, I never read any of the books. I have seen a few of the movies, but I haven't seen the whole run. Um, nothing against the franchise, but it's the same kind of category of The Last of Us. I just never got into it on that level, so I haven't played the game. Mm -hmm. I do think all the hate around it is kind of, well, to be honest, stupid. I've never, ever understood just rage hating something because of one person and that has nothing to do with jk Rowling or her stance on anything that is just in general it's like i know people that 
like rage hate against sports teams just because they're the rival of the sports team they like. I know people that rage hate against politicians because they're not of the political tribe they're a part of, and that is something that I've never understood. And this is coming from somebody that'll be 50 really soon. Um, I mean, life's too short just to hold on to all that hate. But, by the way, just a note, J.K. Rowling's name is nowhere in this game. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, well, I'm sure it's in the credits as the creator, but outside of that. Oh, when I finish the game, it might be in there, yeah. But uh, um, it, it's not popped up anywhere so far. So, um but and again i'm not dismissing like the issues that are there there are clearly issues but i just don't understand like and hey maybe this is the case where cuz i i always say you know when it comes to any sort of worldly issues i'm always willing to you know open my ears and listen and be educated so if there's like things i don't understand things that i miss uh, an angle or a interpretation of something that i don't understand please just tell me i'm uh, as long as you you know polite and calm and actually you know constructive about what you're saying um i'll be willing to listen so um i also just think i i i don't i want i mean this in the nicest way possible with how the world is at the moment with trans people because it isn't a very nice world for trans people at the moment regardless of what country you live in obviously some countries are better with trans issues than 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 other countries i just like I get that, okay, the game was coming out, and Twitter was kind of up in flames, and all this sort of stuff, and uh, again, I understand why, because it's the whole royalties towards JK Rowling thing, right, but there's like, there are a lot worse things that I think require more attention that are actively harming the trans community than this video game. I understand why the game is a problem, I do understand that, I think they're just bigger problems towards trans people. Um, that and in in the last sort of week or so, it has calmed down quite a lot. The sort of because I, I guess the games come out, it's come and gone and and whatever, right? So, uh, although it's not out on the PS4 yet, I think it got delayed until May for PS4. Um, but all, all that aside, um, <clears throat> I mean, it's like with the World Cup, right? Like I, even though it was you know kind of harmful towards uh, not the World Cup itself, but the country is harmful towards. Uh, gay people because you can get deported in the country if you're gay and that's something that like half affects me personally sort of if you want to put that way um i wasn't saying to people like hey no i don't want you to watch the world cup like um if it was a case where okay you understood the issues of the country but you just wanted to watch football you're not really harming anybody but anyway so uh that that's that's just the way that i look at it if any of you want to chat to us about it you can feel free to do so so there you go. Um, other stuff, uh, I had to put uh, Forspoken on a on, on a pause because it was interesting. Um, I got up to about chapter four or five out of twelve for Forspoken, and I, I don't know if one of them is like a shorter end chapter or something. But there's supposed to be twelve chapters for uh, Forspoken, and I was like, okay, I'm really really enjoying this game a lot. And the more I went through, the more I unlocked stuff because I defeated this boss and it was really cool and like. Um, I unlocked this like new set of abilities because basically when you defeat, I don't know if it happens with every single boss, but when you defeat your first boss, you get their powers, which is really cool. Um, and I was like, I'm really, really enjoying this and I will probably enjoy Hogwarts Legacy. But I guess I was in a good situation where regardless of which one I chose, I was going to probably end up playing a game I enjoyed. Um, I did actually have to end up uninstalling it, not 
because I'm quitting the game or whatever, but because the COD update came out, and uh, yeah, that speaks for itself, uh, which I'll talk about in the. I want to talk about the COD um, stuff in the in the news section this week instead. Um, but I've spoken. I just the, the more it 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 feels very rewarding to play that game, and I unlocked like a new way to traverse, which you get like this not web shooter thing, but there's like these poles that stick out uh, while you're traversing. And you can like press square and sort of sling onto them. It was it was really quite cool. The only issue from there is the game needs some sort of like glider or parachute or something because I ended up flinging myself so far high up into the air that I crashed down onto the ground and nearly killed Faye. So if the if the game could offer some kind of like you know glider or parachute, that would be very cool. A bit like you know what you get in Zelda or what you get in Horizon. That would be uh, very good. So. Um, that's been really cool, but yeah, I've got those two games on the go at the moment, I'm just, uh, I'm, I'm trying not to rush either of them, because there's no need for me to do so, and I've been looking forward to both of them for years, so, uh, I'm just gonna take my time with both of them, and there's still games that have, like, coming out, like Atomic Hearts, which looks really cool, is coming out, Dead Space has already come out, um, yeah, there's, there's loads of stuff to play, which is, which is a good thing, I'd, I'd rather have too many games to play than not know what to play, you know, so... Um, but yeah, that's pretty much what we've been playing. I'm going to get into COD stuff in the news, which I'll touch upon first. Let's do some housekeeping first, uh, and then we'll get into the news. See you for all that in a minute. Hi there. If you're looking to get started with a website of your own and a domain name, we've got good news for you. With our affiliate link with Kualu, you can click on that link, which is in your show notes, which is for our affiliate link. You can go over to Kualu to get started with your website and domain name today. They've also got a very handy chat support system which is usually in the bottom right hand corner to send messages back and forth to Kualu if you'd like to ask them for help to get started with your domain name and website today so that's Kualu and you can use them to get started with your website and domain name today thank you very much to Kualu for this affiliate link Hi there, if you'd like to get rid of the ads in Entertainment Talks podcasts and listen to the ad-free versions of our episodes, we've got good news for you there as well. You can subscribe to Entertainment Talk at either the $5 level tier or $10 level tier. The $5 level tier will get you access to all of Entertainment Talks previous ad-free podcasts and the future ad-free podcast that we make in the month that you're subscribed for. If you also subscribe to us at the $10 level tier, that will get you that benefit that I've just mentioned, and it'll also grant you access to request a review for two episodes of a TV show and a general discussion on that show, or a film review of your choice. So if you if there's a TV show out there or a film that we've not covered perhaps and you'd like our opinion on it, we can watch two episodes of that TV show or film review. So it's one of either of those per month. Of course, if you continue subscribing each month, you can pick a TV show, then a film the next month and so on and so forth. This is a great way to support entertainment talk, get your ad-free podcasts and also get some reviews of your choice. Thank you very much for supporting us and thank you for listening. Back to the show. Alright, recently on Entertainment Talk, I have made a bit of a comeback this week because there wasn't many podcasts that came out sort of last week, depends on how you look at that. Uh, Anyway, the most recent podcast we got is the 2-2 draw against Barcelona in the Europa League, that was on Thursday, Uh, so that was a very good game. We do play them again in the second leg, that would have happened regardless of the scoreline. Uh, so there's that, and then we've got Leicester tomorrow, and then Barcelona next week Thursday, and then next weekend on the 26th of February, a big, big game 
Uh, Man United have got Newcastle in the Carabao Cup final. So Newcastle will either end their, I think it's 25-year cup drought, or will end our six-year cup drought. One, one of the two of those things is going to happen. So uh, that will be very, very cool as well. Uh, over on the Last of Us, uh, well, the Last of Us podcast, we got the podcast, of course, so far for episodes 1, 2, 3, 4, and 5. Uh, look out for those episode Sundays, uh, those podcast Sundays, and, of course, the episodes as well. I believe it's shifting back to Sunday this week because they wanted to avoid the Super Bowl last week. So we got the podcast and the episode a bit earlier this week, just gone. Um, Disney slash Pixar came out with some announcements about Toy Story 5, Frozen 3 and Zootopia 2. I, of course, focused on the Toy Story 5 announcement and talked all about that, my expectations, what should happen in the film, all that kind of stuff. And did talk about, um, just slightly as well, the announcements of Frozen 3 and uh, Zootopia 2 as well. Um, over on the other United cast episodes, I did miss the uh, 2-0 Leeds game. That was last weekend's game. Of course, I said I felt ill. Uh, so I didn't do that one, but there was one before that, which was the 2-2 draw against Leeds. Uh, other recent episodes, we got the must-see review for Season 1 of Extraordinary, which you can watch on Disney Plus or Starvia Disney Plus in the UK and Hulu in the US. Uh, have you heard of this show t- at all or seen much of it or anything? Extraordinary? No, but then again, these uh, plus shows, these plus things have come out with like the strangest thing. Have you seen the trailer for Tetris? No, that's uh, Apple, isn't it? Yeah, Apple Plus is doing a movie pseudo-documentary based on getting the rights uh, for Tetris, which is kind of interesting in the sense hmm. that you know these rights came out in the height of the Cold War uh, from Russia, which isn't exactly you know a warm and cuddly country when it comes to uh, uh, creator rights. So, but they made it like super over the top dramatic for the trailer. So. Hmm. Uh, but yeah, if you do want to watch Extraordinary in the US, it's on Hulu, um, which I heard Disney's going to try and sell or something, but we'll we'll see. Uh, anyway, um, that's, the show itself has been renewed for season two, and it's an incredible show, so go and check that one out. Um, what else have we got? Um, we've got a recent episode, which is Analyzing Television, episode 19, talking about the potential death of the multicam sitcom. We do still have a few of those shows floating around, but they're not quite as sort of big as they used to be things like how i met your mother big bang theory friends are a few examples that i give and that's recently what we've been doing on entertainmenttalk.org and on podcast platforms i do have the intention of course to review and watch uh, ant-man 3 uh quantumania but i didn't get around to seeing it yesterday because i just didn't so uh look out for that soon anyway that's it for the housekeeping let's move into some news So, um, I want to talk about Call of Duty for, for a minute, and not just from like, hey, this game's cool, I did this and I did that. There's a lot of, um, th- th- there's a difference between a community looking at a game that they've got, and some being disgruntled, some enjoying it, because the, the problem you've got, and I, I said this when Modern Warfare 2 came out, Regardless of who made the Call of Duty game, where it's set, what you can do on it, you're not going to be able to please everybody, obviously. One of the reasons you're not going to be able to please everybody, one of the main reasons, is because there are people that have got different ways that they want to play the game. 
you got players like me who want to play it a bit slower, a bit more tactical. It is a frenetic game still. There's one that's like a Twitch sort of shooter uh, where you'll need fast reactions and that type of stuff. I understand that. And particularly with the equipment, the, the things that you can use that were put into Modern Warfare 2, um, made the game into something more tactical. At least that's what I think. There's still people that are trying to play this game on like adrenaline rush that's the only way i can sort of describe it where they want to be able to run around like permanently um and slide and jump and shoot everywhere and you can still do that to a degree but the movement is different um and i'm i, I saw i've been seeing all these like because obviously i'm involved with the cod community and i read tweets and i read stuff and you know that sort of thing and obviously you know when updates come out i look at some comments and things the issue that I've talked about before, and some of you might not think I'm correct with this, but I really do think I'm correct with it, with what Warzone has done to this, the, the whole franchise really at this point, not just the last couple of games, but the franchise itself. And I'm seeing all these comments in the last couple of weeks about like, hey, we need Treyarch to come back so that they can make a new Black Ops game because the movement will be better and therefore the multiplayer side of things will be better. That might make you you a game that you prefer, and if that's the case, then that's good for you. I am still looking at the situation with with the balance between multiplayer, um, Warzone, DMZ, and raids. And I was going to bring up two different screenshots and read out a bunch of stuff, but I'm going to do it in a much simpler way. So every time, um, obviously this time it's Infinity Ward with Modern Warfare 2, and they come out with like, hey, here's a picture, here's a graph of like what new modes we're doing and guns we're putting in and that type of stuff. And somebody posted uh, a photo of the Modern Warfare 19 Season 2, so the 2019 Modern Warfare game, the second season. And they said, hey, look at the difference between what's being added to the multiplayer here and what's being added to the multiplayer in Season 2. So the same season, um, but for two different games, which are, one was in 2019 and one's a 2022 game, the one that's just recently come out. And I think if anybody looked at the two different images, basically all, all you've got to do, if, 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 you, if you're listening to this and you're curious to see it, um, just Google, um, obviously you'd go on images, and then Google Mod, Call of Duty MW19, it's not it's not the nineteenth Modern Warfare game. It just came out in in twenty nineteen, so that's the way that it's referred to. If you look at a photo of the the picture, it's not like, it's not like a graph thing. It's just a picture of just you know here's the things that we've got for you. And if you Google um, MW like nineteen COD Modern Warfare nineteen season two, and you get the um, image of what they've put into that into that season, and then you look up the image graph thing of this season, of Modern Warfare 2's second season, you'll notice an immediate difference. And the immediate difference is, okay, you've cut down on multiplayer so that you can service DMZ, raids, and Warzone. And I don't even need to explain to you or explain to our audience why that is. I did a whole podcast on it before. It, it was called, like, how Activision almost killed their cash cow with COD because of how Vanguard and how... Uh, Black Ops Cold War went but all, I think all you need to do really is j just look at those two images and the important factor if you were to say okay well, why is there nothing on you know, you know why, why was the season two of Modern Warfare 19 so well serviced 
It's because it, it, either Warzone was in a beta. I can't remember what stage exactly Warzone was in. I don't think it was out at that point. Um, it was either in a very early beta sort of stage where it wasn't really getting updated, but it's not on that image. Warzone isn't on there. So I think that just paints a very obvious picture as to, okay, if, if your question is why are we getting cut down content or less content given to us as opposed to previous seasons, it's because they're having to add to things like Warzone, DMZ, and raids. But as I said in my Good, Bad, Ugly podcast for Modern Warfare um, 2, they're just adding too many things to this game. Um, you could equate this in the same way to what's happened with FIFA. Before Ultimate Team came out, which obviously is where you got the packs and where they make like loads and loads and loads of money, career mode was a bit more functional. But since FIFA has grown, they've added seasons and kickoff and career mode, and um, there's like all sorts of different online methods, and then like World Cup updates and an Ultimate Team. It's called spreading a game too thin, and regardless of how many devs you've got on whatever, which, as I've mentioned before, some of the teams, I can't even remember which ones they are now, there's so many of them, some of the teams that have been moved over to COD, they weren't to work on Modern Warfare 2, they were there for either a mix of Warzone, DMZ and Raids. I, I, I just think it's really quite obvious as to, okay, why we're not getting more multiplayer content, well it's because they have to service Warzone and DMZ and Raids and all, all, all this other stuff, and there's just too many, there's just too many modes. This I think this was already bad enough about a year ago when dmz and raids weren't a thing it was just basically multiplayer and warzone so i just maintain i just want to maintain this thing of like okay if you don't like infinite what infinity ward is doing with cod in terms of movement and gameplay and like that that that's fine that's more of a that's not my cup of tea thing but from a functionality of like content updates it it doesn't matter who's making these. It doesn't matter who's making the game. It that that won't change that specific element. The only thing that will change that specific element is what Activision is doing with this. And regard, you could switch all these teams around, right? Let let's say they have. I know this sounds ridiculous. Let's say Toys for Bob that makes the next COD game, right? And Infinity Ward moves to Warzone. Okay, you're going to get a bit of a different COD game because it's a a, a different developer. But the whole content thing is gonna stay is gonna stay the same because of how and I've been talking about this for about two years, but not not much of the COD community seems to be catching on to what's going on, and it's just it's just I don't understand why people don't like what why the why the COD community isn't grasping on to what's going on, like okay if you want Sledgehammer or Naughty Dog or name me any developer it doesn't matter who's making the game. And yes, they might make a game that's more suitable to how you want to play. That's cool. But it is not going to change what's going on with the content side of things. Um, where, where I sit with this personally, I really like what Infinity Ward's done with Modern, in terms of the actual video game itself that is Modern Warfare 2. I think it's maybe the best one that they've done. Um, and I think is a is a genuine upgrade on Modern Warfare 19. There's some quirks and some bits and pieces that you, you could certainly change. Um, and I think the experiment of like doing Tier 1 and removing Hardcore, which has now been reversed. Um, I think certain things in terms of like the game modes and the way they're doing the playlist is really weird. There's little things like that. Like It's not perfect, but for the actual video game itself, I really, really love it. And I've talked in depth before about kind of what's going on there. But like... Um, cause it, there's this like news that kind of came out, um, 
and it, it was a bit vague it was a bit weird because we've had this news for a while that okay 2023's call of duty isn't going to be a full release but you're going to get like a premium extension um what was assumed to be happening here was okay infinity ward is going to be doing like a dlc premium extension to modern warfare 2 which was like okay we'll see we'll see what that what that's all about apparently treyarch is doing this these details could change again I, I don't really know but i'm confused everyone seems kind of confused as to what's going on but there's like premium 2023 cod version and apparently it's going to be full price and all this kind of stuff so i don't know that the details on that are very very scarce right now but it the the previous story i think was infinity ward is doing this because of it will be an extension of the current cod game but now apparently it's treyarch um so but it's just the the situation is not going to change based on who the developer is. It's going to be changed based on the the management of of kind of what's going on, um, which you you could put down to Bobby Kotich or or, or whatever the situation. Um, but yeah, we just I don't know. Like it's it's quite dis not disheartening to see what's going on. Not with the game. I'm still really enjoying the game and having a good time with it and all that kind of stuff. But um, I because I started thinking okay. Like in two to three years or something, because um, it isn't really even totally clear who's making the next actual game. Apparently, it's some sort of Advanced Warfare Two, which I think I've talked about before, which I think will be a terrible idea. Um, but I don't know where COD's going to be in like in in like three to four years. And it's a game series I franchise I do care about, one that I've been playing for years. Of course, there was the period of time where I stopped playing it for a bit because you did have like advanced warfare infinite warfare and i was like what the hell is this um but i don't know it it genuinely feels like there's a possibility maybe they'll maybe they'll like and i i, I could be wrong about this i don't know where this is going to kind of end up going i i have this feeling that like multiplayer is going to be gone at some point in the future and it's just going to be warzone and dmz and like some other stuff because they're really really um not doing much with multiplayer like we've gotten like we got the dome map this 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 season and, and a couple of new guns but it's really quite paper thin on the updates and um, we got hardcore which was like sort of reintroduced and we got the museum map which had the uh, the license problem before i think we've talked about that before um i don't know i i, I can see cod being something in, in maybe five years time and, and it depends what happens with this um acquisition and all this kind of stuff right but i can see cod being something very different in about five years and i don't know if i'm going to like what that thing turns out to be and if i don't and if i decide to stop playing in five years or four years or whatever that will be what it will be um but i don't know um anyway what do you kind of i know you're a bit sort of on the outside of this, this situation but what do you kind of think of what might potentially be going on here yeah i mean it's one of those things that i just don't have enough of a background to really even know how to have an opinion on that it's i'm not in that community i don't play shooters regardless of the brand or the ip so it's just something i honestly have no way of really forming an opinion on okay fair enough um but yeah i i don't know what's gonna happen with cod it's like in this weird sort of state um but and everyone seems to be like oh this the, all of this is infinity awards problem i'm like we what do you mean all of this is Infinity Ward's problem? Like, they're not an independent developer that's making Call of Duty. 
Um, they're also being affected by things that I think are outside their control. Um, and if it was Treyarch making this game in the same situation, again, like I said, if you flip developers around, it doesn't change. I, I don't think this is a developer problem. This is an Activision problem that just goes deeper than what the than what the community can see. Um, but anyway, I'm still enjoying the game, um, which is the important part, but it's just CODs in a, in a weird kind of space right now. So there we go. Anyways, move on to some... Uh, Exciting, potentially, yeah, potentially exciting news. Um, this kind of came out of the blue uh, during the week this week. Um, so it's a new AAA studio, Wildlight Entertainment, has been revealed. Compromised of veterans from Respawn, Infinity Ward, Naughty Dog, uh, Sony Santa Monica, the uh, God of War developers, and more. The studio is fully funded and has been working on a new IP for some time. You can check it out here. They got a Twitter page and that type of stuff uh, just to kind of describe their logo not that their logo is going to describe what game they're, they're making um, but it's kind of this like deserty warm blue kind of image with the words wildlight entertainment on it so this kind of came out of nowhere um of course now and again you know sections of studios do leave you know people do leave companies and uh, it might change certain things for companies but um, whether it is from Naughty Dog or people from Rockstar or, you know, pe people in the in the development space do move from different companies. They leave. They sometimes form new new studios. It's a bit like what happened with, um, what's his name, the Dead Space guy. Um, when they left from EA, didn't they? And they, they went to, is it Glenn Scott? Yeah, Glenn Schofield's his name. Uh, I can't remember the new studio's name, but he obviously, you know, with uh, their studio got shut down, didn't it? The Dead Space studio. And uh, he went on to make their new studio, which they made uh, Callisto Protocol. Um, so these things do kind of happen from time to time. Of course, the EA situation is a bit different. Obviously, you've got the Amy Henning thing there as well. She left EA after all the Star Wars kerfuffle, and she's uh, with her new studio as well. So these things happen from time to time. But hey, if you've got veterans from, I mean, Respawn's pretty good. Infinity Ward, obviously, I really love. Naughty Dog is my favorite. Sony Santa Monica, I think, is great as well. There's a lot of talent there. Um, and some others as well. Um, so some former devs, some former veteran devs from some different studios. Uh, we have no idea what this game is going to be about or what it's going to be. But it says it's a new IP uh, that's been fully funded. Um, any thoughts on this particularly? Uh, it's one of those things until I see a trailer for a game, it's really kind of irrelevant. Yeah, yeah. Um, but no, it's, just, uh, it's good that there's a lot of talent here, I think. And... Uh, We'll see what they come up with. But yeah, it's early days. Um, but you don't always get, like... Because I think we talked before, right, about things like acquisitions and, okay, if Xbox does end up getting Activision, you've only really sort of got EA, Ubisoft, and a couple of others that are still hanging around um, that aren't, you know, bought by Sony or whatever, because obviously you've got Bungie, it's been bought by Sony, all that kind of stuff. Um, you don't often hear about okay people leaving those companies to form their own company that aren't owned by a you know a microsoft or a sony or whoever so it's kind of an interesting exciting time um what would you like to see perhaps i mean you know what kind of like caliber we've got there um anything particularly you'd maybe like to see yeah again it comes down to what style of game are they making are they making a shooter are they making an rpg is an is it a tactical, uh, over-the-shoulder, um, turn-based um, squad game? It Really, that's those are the questions that kind of have to be answered before anything else. Yeah, yeah. 
So uh, hopefully we hear something about them soon. Uh, we do know that E, I was going to say EA, E3 is uh, it's coming up soon. Um, they have the potential to be there, possibly. Who knows? Um, who knows? Maybe they'll even do like, hey, we're just going to do our independent sort of, here's a 30-minute presentation on something that we're doing or something. So who knows? But uh, I think that's kind of exciting. Um, the other thing, I, I, I jotted this down, and for last week's podcast, I did actually copy and paste like four paragraphs worth of worth of text uh, on the Activision Blizzard update. I actually wrote in my... I'll read out to you my notes here. It says, Activision Blizzard update. I can't be bothered to talk about. <laughs> um, so, as I was sort of like recovering through this week, and, you know, we got Last of Us done and some other things, and I was thinking, okay, I'll try and do gaming talk on Saturday, which we're doing right now. I was like, okay, what, what are we going to be talking about? And then went to make some drafts for different things and make some notes and stuff. And I opened my notes from last week, and I was like, I'm not reading this. <laughs> um, it's just, it it's seeming like, and what I mean by what part I'm not reading is that it is the, what, what I'm going to continue to call the bickering between Phil Spencer and, and Jim Ryan of like, you can't have this because you'll take COD. No, we're not taking COD. Oh, but you might do it. And, blah, 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 and all this kind of stuff. And it's gone on for months now, and it's it's just ridiculous. So I'm not going to go over the whole, like, hey, this is why they can't buy it, because they'll take COD from us, and boo-boo-hoo, and all this. Like, it just... It's interesting how... And I'm not pinning this on either of the two of them. I'm pinning this on the on the conversation between the, the two... Not between the two of them. It's not like they're sitting in a room talking about this. It feels like, and you you see this sometimes with politicians, right? <laughs> like, it feels like two grown men that are supposed to be these professional people in charge of these massive companies that are acting like children. And you see it from from politicians sometimes of like, oh, he said he was going to do this and he didn't do that and, blah, 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 and all this other kind of stuff. And it's like... Can you, and I understand this is different, this is like a business acquisition thing, this isn't sort of like, oh, he said this, but they, they didn't say that, and da, 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 and all this other kind of stuff, like what politicians do, right? Um, it's so funny when you see news bits from uh, House of Commons in the UK, and you'll have like Keir Starmer opposite uh, Rishi Sunak, and they'll be debating between each other, and they'll talk about each other as if they're not actually there, and it's... It's kind of, it's got a, a funny sort of element to it. It's, uh, again, it's a bit like kids just sort of bickering over things, which is a shame because whether it is this thing, which is the big money buyout thing, or real world issues that are being sorted out between politicians, it's a shame that there's like not more maturity happening. There's just there's more bickering sort of happening, right? Like it's, it's, a, it's a shame to see that. Anyway, um, yeah, I just... There's been a few things that have come out about, like, Microsoft maybe not getting this, but they'll probably fight it back, and this is probably going to go on for, like, a couple more years, yeah, I would I would imagine. Um, aside from the bickering side of things, Robert, because there's not much use talking about that anymore, um, and I don't have the interest to, like, go into the detailed part of that, um, what do you think of uh, anything that you've read or seen about what's going on with this? Because it seems like it's on a rocky road, but still could be completed. Yeah, it, it it's one of those things that it seems like so many people are just trying to be petty, little spiteful yeah. um, tools in that. I couldn't find the article, but there was an article like um, back last week when we canceled the podcast. Like Bobby Kotek said something just to be just to piss people off. 
Um, I can't find that article now. So oh, yeah, exactly yeah. I remember coming across <clears throat> that. Yeah. Um, but it's just like, was yeah, it, you're an asshole. Keep your mouth shut. Was it he said, like, oh, this isn't my fault or something like that? It, it was something No, really he's stupid. basically throwing shade at Sony for something because Sony is now starting to, you know, you know, throw a fit like a impudent five-year-old that didn't get a cookie. Hmm. Yeah. Um... But it's there's a funny element to it, right? Because these are supposed to be. I mean, you've got three, yes, three grown men: Phil Spencer, Bobby Kotich, and Jim Ryan. That are like supposed to be top paid professionals, and it, it just sounds like they're bickering. Um, but it, the funny part of it is, it, it's you could almost imagine a conversation where Jim's like, "Please don't take Cod away from me," and Phil's like, "I'm not going to do that." He's like, "Oh, but please don't take it away from me. I'm I'm not gonna I'm not gonna do that." Um, it's just it's just funny. Uh, it, as I've said a couple of times before, if Xbox, or Microsoft, whatever, decided to take COD away from PlayStation, it would hurt both of them. Because obviously it would hurt PlayStation, they wouldn't get any COD sales. And it would also hurt, not Xbox, but it would hurt Microsoft. Because you'd just miss out on so many sales for uh, for COD, so that doesn't make... And there's very few IP that I would actually give lean into that like like let's say for example fifa like let's say sony bought ea or something right and fifa wasn't on xbox all you all you'd be doing is missing out sales for this massive game juggernaut or let's say rockstar uh take two made a deal with um uh one of the two of them with sony and said hey xbox you're not getting the next gta all you're doing is missing out on sales and money which i know you could argue that about like other franchises but i think there's different competition elements there um for example you could you could make the argument of like oh what if um sony said like oh um uh or naughty dog or sony said like hey last of us is going to come out on xbox okay you'll make more sales but there's the more incentive of like hey you want to play this great ip this great franchise has now got a tv show come and get a playstation whereas it's different between hey this massive juggernaut that makes loads of money that's on every platform just keep it on every platform so there we go. Anyway, we've already talked about it too much here. <laughs> uh, that's what I've got for this week. How about yourself, Robert? Uh, well, well, first up, uh, 3D printing has really come into its own, especially uh, with the world being what it is for the last couple of years. Um, so now we have something relatively new, uh, 3D printed headphones. Uh, this open source project hands you blueprints to print your very own 3D printed headset complete with parts, printing plans, and assembly instructions. Uh, they're called Ploppy Headphones, which is kind of a weird name, but okay. Hmm. And they look pretty cool from the image that's shown on the uh, website. It's a basically, you kind of have to, it's a DIY, so it's not like you can print electronic circuits or anything like that. You're basically printing, you know, the plastic shell for it. But I think that's interesting that that's where we're going with technology and that if you have the technical skills you can kind of design uh headphones that are more you know geared towards you with a more individual touch um so this is more kind of like a thought on 3d printing itself because i have seen a few things i know i have a guy that i work with uh at my job that's big into the electronics big he coaches the college robotics competitive team and so this is kind of right up his alley, and it's just kind of cool how this is where technology is kind of going, that you could make this um, 
individually on your own. So I wasn't sure where you thought when where your thoughts are on that. That's kind of cool. Um, yeah, that's that's quite a cool thing. I've recently got uh, I can't remember the name of them, and I haven't got them with me, and I'm not using them right now. Um, just for reference, so for, for when we do podcasts, and if I'm obviously if I'm recording on my, on my own, I don't need earphones until I listen to what I've recorded. Uh, but I just use these little earphones that I've got, um, which just sit next to my desk, so I don't have to take them in and out of the room and all that kind of stuff. Uh, so I just plug them in, and I'm good to go. Uh, but when it comes to like TV and game and film watching and that sort of stuff, I have like the bigger headphones and things. I've got one of them headphones that has like a detachable microphone, uh, which is kind of cool. Um, but yeah, it's interesting when I, because you don't kind of notice, but as your headphones get kind of older or your earphones, the sound quality will slowly start to die and you won't notice. And I remember, I think it was back in November when I was playing God of War and I was talking about... Um, how like the 3D audio wasn't coming through properly, and the audio was a bit muffled and a bit weird. And I was like, nah, this doesn't sound right. And I did loads of messing about with all the um, what's it called all, all different settings and stuff. It just still didn't sound right. And then I popped in like a different pair of earphones, and it was like my hearing had been unclogged. It was uh, it was pretty interesting. And I remember doing the same thing. I, w- I went and played like a, a game of COD afterwards and tried to use the old headphones and like footsteps were muffled everything was just a bit muffled and then popped in the other earphones they weren't these ones they were just a different set and it was like yeah like my hearing had been uh unclogged it was uh it was kind of fascinating um but i'm kind of good with the pair that i've got um i would have thought 3d printing for headphones would have already been a thing but i guess this is a different way to do it or something um so um but uh, what i'll probably do uh if slash when the headphones that I've got die off, which hopefully won't be for a bit of time, I'm just going to get a, the same pair of the ones that I've got because I, I quite like them. Um, the, one, the one thing that I wanted on the earphone, headphones that I've got is a volume, a, a good volume controller that you can like slide up and down instead of going into the PlayStation's menu every single time and like turning it up a notch, turning it down a notch because that's really sort of cumbersome. Um, so that's what I've got for that. And then, yeah, the headphones fit really nice. So... Um, but no, printing 3D headphones sounds kind of cool, but, uh, I've got the ones that, that I want. Uh, do you use, like, different stuff for podcasts and for gaming, or, or how do you go about that? Uh, well, I have a decent pair of headphones and a decent mic, because I am a bit of an, of an audiophile, so I do care about the quality, so I have spent, um, not a lot of money, but I have spent, you know, okay amounts of money on mm-hmm. getting better quality gear. Um, I've always been of the mindset regardless of what it is um in that i don't mind spending the money as long as i feel like i'm getting the quality for the amount of money that i'm spending it's like i have a very generic car it gets me from a to b yep um because that's all i needed to do i only needed to get me from a to b i don't care about it past that um Mm. and with headphones i got the best quality that i could afford um, they're not super cheap. They're not like ten bucks that you would get. I, what's the UK equivalent of like a Costco? I don't know. Like a super generic place where you would get like electronics and groceries and laundry detergent and tires. B and Q, something. I, maybe. I, maybe you. We used to have a place called Woolworths, which sold like literally everything. I mean, like everything, and it somehow shut down, even though it was really cool. So, yeah. um, but no, we have places like 
kind of like Ikea and B&Q that are like really, really big stores. You've got places like Sainsbury's and stuff, and they have like a small tech department, but um, I, I suppose like from what you're asking me, if, you, if you'd want to go into somewhere that's got like loads of tech stuff, you'd want to go into somewhere like a PC world. Um, mm-hmm. Which have got like all different laptops. They've got some game stuff. They've got headphones. You know that that type of thing. Um, but I I can't think of a place that's got like, well we call it washing up, uh, washing um, powder and that sort of stuff and headphones. I can't think of anywhere that's got those two things in the same place. Maybe Sainsbury's, um, or yeah, places like that. There aren't a lot of places that I can think of in the UK that are, are similar to a Woolworths. Um, like WH Smith has more sort of books and stuff. So, but yeah, that's kind of my answer. <laughs> yeah, we have a few places like that. There's obviously Walmart, which is its own kind of legend. And then there's Target and then there's Costco. And then there's Sam's Club, which is kind of a, a wholesale warehouse, kind of a, a vibe to it. But yeah, there's, there's a ton of places like that here in the States. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't really know what the what the leading sort of big supermarket is in in the UK, but one that's like sells you everything. I'm not like when I say supermarket, most people probably think of like an ASDA or a Tesco or Sainsbury's or something. Um, but again, those are those are sort of slightly different. Because um, since Woolworths has gone, since Woolworths has gone, I think they still have like an online thing or whatever. Um, it's I guess Amazon really is a place you yeah, go really. to for a lot of stuff. So. Uh, anyway, what else do you have talked about today? Well, the MCU might be uh, on its last gasp, but the Marvel IP is still very alive and well. Uh, back in September, Electronic Arts announced that it was developing a single-player Iron Man game. That game, which was being developed by the team at EA Motive in Montreal, is a collaboration with Marvel, and now has officially begun. Um, they are on on Motive's career page. The studio is currently looking for a development director, a senior gameplay programmer, an AI programmer, and an audio programmer for an upcoming Iron Man game. Mm. Obviously, this game is still in the early stages, so we won't see anything about this for a good three or four years. But it is being described as a third-person action-adventure with an original narrative that taps into the rich history of Iron Man channeling the complexity, charisma, and genius that is Tony Stark, and enabling players to feel what it is like to truly be Iron Man. Um, the last game that I think could have described that was the Iron Man VR game, which I know you loved a mm-hmm. lot. So um, I, I do think it's cool that we are still getting Marvel titles, um, despite the, the bond that was the Avengers and the kind of meh that was Midnight Suns. Hmm. Yeah, Midnight Suns, um, I did play some of it, and then I found out how big the game was, and I was like, I don't know when I'll be able to finish this, so that's that's one of them, I will go back to it, but that's one of the games where I want like a good runway of like nothing coming out um, to, to be able to finish it, because it was kind of interesting, I, d- I did quite like it, although not many people seem to be talking about it or playing it, so mm-hmm. I don't know what's going on with that, um, but when December 2nd came around, it seemed to be all about Callisto Protocol, so, which felt... And that game kind of died off with the one I I I still I'm still not over that final boss. How like not understandably broken that that final boss was. I I can't believe that if you run out of ammo or things to use in that area, 
before you beat the boss, you cannot defeat the boss if that happens. And that's just, that's just weird. <laughs> uh, like, I remember when I was playing it, I was like, am I doing something wrong? Am I not triggering, like, the next step? Nope, you're just out of ammo, you got to restart a checkpoint. got to do it all over again. Um, it's just so bizarre. Like, you could be, and it doesn't have a health bar either, so you don't know if you're one hit off. Um, and you can hit the enemy with your, your bat button, but it doesn't actually take off any damage, because it, it wouldn't do that. So, anyway, um... Yeah, uh, I'm I'm curious about a Iron Man game, as I said before, whether it comes to Warner Brothers or Disney-related properties. I do want more games from those IP, because I am interested in those. I'm still curious about where that Wonder Woman game has, has gone, which is from a completely different thing. Um, but as long as this is good, I mean, you know, what I would want is an Iron Man VR 2, which is an actual, like, proper sequel, and introduces one or two of the Avengers characters to uh, interact with. That would be very cool. Um, and then maybe some, you know, new gameplay stuff and whatever. Plus you've got the advantage of a, a PSVR 2, which you can take good uh, good advantage of. Although I think that's over on the MetaQuest thing now anyway. So, um, hey, if you've got a MetaQuest, go and check out Iron Man VR. I, it's, I, I'm tempted to say... Because there's a difference between a game that's a hidden gem and a game that just like not many people have kind of played, but people are aware of. I might... I, I think that might be... I don't know about the most underrated game, because underrated is more sort of, this thing is known by a lot of people, but it's underappreciated. Um, and the, the diff difference there um, is more people being aware of it and talking about it, but people aren't really doing that. I, I know it's a couple of years old now anyway, but um, I still think the game was marketed wrong. I, I mean, myself and many others, when we saw the first gameplay thing, was like, is this some sort of on-rails, like, until dawn... Rush of Blood game, which wouldn't have been very good, but nope, it's it's not that at all. So, um, this goes to show, doesn't it? Market, market marketing can kind of really uh, hurt you in in certain situations. Um, it's a bit like with with Forspoken. You know, I played that demo of it, and I was like, oh, this sound, this does not coming across right. Like it wasn't marketed properly, and and that kind of stuff. Um, so yeah, uh, but I'm curious to see what Motive can do with this, and I will um, at least check it out, whether I'll finish it or whatever. Um, I would expect this would be a third-person action game, as opposed to first-person or something, um, so that could be quite good. Um, so we'll just, uh, let's see, again, this is one way we're going to need a uh, a gameplay slice or a trailer or, or something. So mm -hmm. um, Yeah, and this well, is still barely out of pre-production yeah so we're not gonna see new. anything for a couple mm. yeah uh, what's your expectations for this game uh i'm you know it's one of those things that i don't do vr i don't have the equipment for it i don't have the setup for it i certainly don't have the mindset for it so as long as it's not a vr game i'll at least be interested in it um that was the only good thing about uh what was that EA game? Uh, Ashen, Aspen. It started with an A, and I literally described it as, "Well, this is what it would be like to zoom around as Iron Man." Oh, Anthem. Um, Anthem. Yes, that's yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. Which they went to give a two point zero two, and then cancelled the production of it. Uh, so yeah. All right. What else do you want to talk about today? Well, the last thing that I have to talk about is we have a bit of a shakeup. At Firaxis Games, um, Jake Solomon has announced that he's leaving 
Uh, he has been the hel- at that uh, studio for the last two decades, during which he has helmed the reboot of XCOM Enemy Unknown and its sequel XCOM uh, um, Enemy Divided, uh, before recently directing Midnight Suns, which we talked about earlier. Mm-hmm. Uh, Firaxis also simultaneously announced um, that it is in a bit of a, consol- a consolation prize is coming out with a new uh, Civilization game. Uh, Firaxis's current COO, Heather Hazen, has also been promoted to studio head, replacing uh, the leaving, departing Steve Martin, same name as a comedian, obviously not the same person, who has been at uh, Firaxis Game for 25 years and has overseen the launch of over 30 titles. Um, hmm. Hazen joined the studio back in 2020, after a stint as executive producer on Fortnite, but previously worked at Popcat Games um, with uh, Plants vs. Zombies and Bejeweled. Um, so Hazen let out a statement saying, I'm thrilled to have this opportunity to carry on the studio's storied history, beginning with the announcement that Firaxis is in development on the next iteration of the legendary Civilization franchise. So I know you're not big into the world-building games. I am, so I would love... A new Civ game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I know David likes those uh, building games as well. Um, I would dare to say that's his favorite uh, genre of games, possibly, because um, he, he he does play quite a few of them. Um, I, I I think building games and stuff are, are quite cool. They've just never quite been like my sort of thing. Um, yeah, but, I mean, uh, with games like that, it's one of those things that you kind of have to have the mindset. It's the same people. Yeah. Build model train sets, or you know, build Lego towers that are the size of a castle um, that you can mm. actually live in, which has happened before. Yeah, yeah, uh, but yeah. Good luck to everybody involved who's m- moving in and out of uh, this situation. Um, I don't know, curious to see what Fraxis uh, is is doing and whatnot. Um, I'll get back to Midnight Suns when I don't have. Loads of other games. I've still got like the Toy Story Realm thing to do in in Dreamlight Valley. They put out a new update as well, which I think they added Enchanto, Encanto, that character, and they added mm-hmm. um, Olaf as well from from Frozen, which there was already a Frozen Realm, it just didn't have Olaf in there. Uh, so there's all that. Plus there's the, the, the Stitch things, not Lilo, but Stitches in the game, and they added uh, Scott. Was it Scar? Yeah, Scar at some point. For some reason, they added Scar and not the other Lion King characters. And that can't really be a license issue, because they've got the license for Disney and Pixar, I assume. Um, But I've still got all that stuff to get to. But what what I'm going to do with games... What I'm going to do with these big games like Dreamlight Valley... uh, Because that that isn't a game you just kind of put half an hour into, you know. um, Or things like uh, uh, Midnight Sun, which is from this team. Yeah, games like that. Dreamlight Valley... uh... Animal Crossing, I describe those as a second job. Yeah, you, you, you could. Yeah, you could. Um, which, I, I really do like Dreamlight Valley a lot, but it can be a bit grindy at some points. Like, when you go to speak to a character, like, hey, can you help me with this thing? And then you need 25 rope or something. Um, so, it's still a good game, but it just uh, it's not one that I can be playing right now particularly. So, I mean, I literally had to put one game kind of on pause that I was enjoying to, to play another one. Well, I didn't have to, I chose to, so... There we go. But again, I like having all these different options of games to play. Um, But no, good luck to everyone involved, and we'll see uh, what happens. Um, What else did you want to talk about today? That's all I had. Cool.
Cool. Uh, all right, let's move on to some emails and feedback. We've got two this week to talk about from, I think, from new people. So welcome to the podcast. Uh, if you'd like to write in with your thoughts, feelings, questions, comments, or whatever you've got, uh, Matthew at entertainmenttalk.org, Twitter, eTalkUK, there's contact page information in your show notes, email box on the website version of the episode, and a clickable email name in your show notes as well. Kate writes in and says, new here to eTalk, welcome. Have either of you uh, tried any of the Fallout games, and when do you think we'll get the next one? Um, I have only played and finished Fallout 4. I know that there's the other ones. There's 3 and New Vegas and obviously 76. Is 76 still getting updates? Yeah, 76 is, is still getting updates. Yeah. Are you still playing it now and again? Uh, not really. Again, that's one of those games that I I want to like it a lot more. Mm. And I'm a big Fallout fan. I'm a big fan of the world. I kind of got into it a little bit on the PC side with... The original Fallout, obviously Fallout 3 was a huge departure because it went from an isometric uh, top-down third party to a first-person shooter. But the, the shooty part of it was never like the core mechanic with the VATS system. Mm. Yeah. Um, but yeah, big fan of 3. I'm, I'm, I'm in the minority of camps in that I like the story of 3 way more than I like the story of New Vegas because the story of 3 makes way more sense. Um, but yeah, I've played pretty much all those games. Cool. Uh, in terms of when we'll get a new one, uh, I mean, obviously Starfield is uh, is Bethesda's um, next big thing. Although they've got... Um, who's making Redfall again? I can't remember. Um, Arcane. Not... Oh yeah, yeah. I, I thought it was Bethesda something. But yeah, one of them people. Um, I, I read some weird stuff about that game this week that like the physical version is going to get a... a, a uh, a code in in the physical disc but then you have to be persistently online there's some weird stuff going on with that game uh, with the yeah. that's the vampire redfall game so which i'm curious about but i'm not like needing it right now kind of thing so um but yeah let, let bethesda get a good game out first in um in starfield um i imagine it will be a few more years maybe until we get um Another Fallout, and it depends what happens with Fallout 76, because in a way they've got no real reason to put out a new Fallout game if they're still doing stuff for 76, because then you've got two games from the same thing that might clash, I don't know. but um, Yeah, I, I don't see a new Fallout game within the next five years, um, just because they've talked about nothing, they're still updating 76, trying to get it mm. to be a viable service. Um, I would love a Fallout 5, I honestly... Would have loved Fallout 76 to be Fallout 5 as a single, play, single player game that you can invite your friends into, much like you can invite your friends into State of Decay 2. Mm. I hate online only service games just because it feels like a second it makes job. Makes no sense for single for. player games. Yeah. Like, okay, if you're doing an, a, a story mode, why the hell do you need to be online for that? Unless it's like a division type of thing, which I understand. As like a hybrid situation, um, but I feel if I'm playing like I don't know Red Dead Two or something uh, or Mass Effect, I don't need to be online for that. Obviously, I need to be online to install the game, but you know, um, no, I don't like the idea of that. Even if it's for like leaderboards or something, like okay, let me just switch that off or something. <laughs> I don't know. So uh, they gave it. What was the date for Redfall? Was it like May something? Yeah, it's gonna be May second. Yeah, and then Starfield's... I'm going to guess Starfield's going to be, like, November or something. 
Um, Honestly, they were supposed to come out, you know, quarter two this year. Um, the fact that they mm. pushed Redfall back so far, I would not be shocked if Starfield didn't come out this year. Well, I really want to play Starfield, but I would not be shocked if it got delayed till 2024. You think it was skipped the whole year? Yeah. Mm. What do you think? That, that's how little faith I have in it at this point. What do you think Xbox's big holiday game would be then? Who knows at Forza? this point? Forza, <laughs> maybe. But that's about it. Mm. Yeah. Um, I was going to say they don't have COD to compete with, but I'm not even sure what the right answer for that is anymore. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, the, the way that this like premium thing for COD has been described. It's not supposed to be an actual new COD game, which is the whole point, but who knows? Who knows? Um uh but you know I've only played I've only played four as I said. I did enjoy it, I finished it. Um but I just haven't played the others. So and Josh uh writes in and says uh how do you think gaming is doing in general? Too many games, too few, etc etc Um Gaming about a year ago was in this place where it was like NFTs, microtransaction heavy, and battle pass and season pass, and uh, like there, there was a lot of it going around. Um, NFTs are still definitely a thing, but they've definitely quietened down. Like I'm not seeing as much about them anymore. I mean, I come across the odd Twitter profile that's clearly got one of the monkey NFTs um, as their as their picture, and I'll see in people's like bios now and again like oh nft collector but i'm not seeing it being pushed anywhere near as hard as what it was i mean we were literally having things about a year ago of like hey 25th anniversary for silent hill or something and here's some nfts it's like nobody wants this uh well there are some people to do but still um because if you're celebrating the anniversary of one of your games nfts is not the way to do that um so, but that that's that's gotten better, and obviously NFTs is like an active thing outside of gaming, because um, it's an individual entity itself that's still ongoing. Um, I'll just never understand the point of NFTs. Like, they are incredibly expensive as well. Um, I'm talking like hundreds of thousands of dollars potentially for a picture. Um, so, uh, but um, I do find with gaming sometimes that. And it depends on like when games are ready and like when games get released and okay, if we got our game available for November, let's say, we want to avoid the other big games, so maybe we'll come out in August or something like that. It's a bit like how I look at the way that films work. Because to me, if you're like a big sort of let's say Black <clears throat> Panther if you're like a big like Black Panther or Avatar Two, let's say for Avatar Two, for example, you would want to either come out regardless of what your film is, unless it's like a Star Wars or, or, or something really, really big. If you're planning to release a film, for example, and you see, okay, Avatar is, what, December, you either want to come out a month before, because then Avatar 2 is not competing with you, or wait until Avatar 2's box office has died off a bit, which is what now, I would say, because like Ant-Man's just sort of kind of come out on that. Um... Also, if you if you want to avoid like you know MCU box office and DC stuff and all that kind of thing, um, you either go the month before, so you've got four weeks of like runway, or you go a month after. But if you go a month after, you could have six, seven, eight weeks of a box office of a film, which could hurt you. Um, which is one of the reasons that uh, 
um, film that some people might not have even heard of is a film called Strange Worlds, which apparently wasn't like the greatest film, but it got completely and utterly shafted by Disney because they released it like right after Black Panther came out and it got no promotion and it just got completely killed at the at the cinema. Um, so that's not what what you don't want to do. Um, but that was Disney's fault because they literally had they literally wedged it in between Black Panther and Avatar two, which all th- all three of those films are their own films. So I, d- I don't know what was going on there. Um, so you want to avoid doing, I think, the same thing with with games. Um, although, like I said, apparently Gotham Knights wasn't bothered about a new card because it came out like a few days before or after Modern Warfare two. Um, so, but I, th- I think gaming's in a relatively good place. I'm just you know when we sort of okay we have some news and things to talk about but um certainly in terms of i mean nintendo's recently done a direct i admittedly haven't watched it yet because i was ill and didn't have time and wasn't the most up for doing that um particularly with sony and microsoft as well i do think we're due for a big big like 90 minute presentation because sony said basically nothing last year um i mean they basically said like okay we're just going to release Horizon, Last of Us, and God of War, um, and show off those games, and those games all did very, very well, um, and we just, we won't really speak about much else, they didn't do a, I, th- I think they did a couple of state of plays last year, but they didn't do one of their big presentations, they're, they're due for one of them, and I certainly think the same in terms of, okay, Microsoft's got all these studios, where's Starfield, where's Hellblade, where's State of the K3, what's going on with Halo, um, I feel like we're waiting for that next big batch of information from uh, from different places. Nintendo does just operate a bit differently on on that front. They sort of just talk whenever. Um, so we'll see. Anyway, how do, how do you think gaming is kind of doing in general? Uh, gaming's good for the most part. Really, the biggest threat to gaming is people that don't like gaming that are directing the that are leading the direction for gaming. And when I say that. Um, there's a Silent Hill remake coming out soon. I don't know if there's a release date yet or not for it. But the the team so. that's in charge of it has said that it's, quote, updated for modern sensibility. And when pushed on specifics for that, they said it's going to be less scary. I'm sorry. There's going to be a less scary Silent Hill game? How about a less scary Nightmare on Elm Street? Or a less... <laughs> graphic um uh, arnold schwarzenegger movie what in the actual fuck you absolute <laughs> moron <clears throat> yeah i mean are, are we honestly at that point in society to where we can't have anything without catering to the stupidity of other people um how about a less scientifically accurate flight sim where we accept the notion that the world is flat or something like that <laughs> yeah yeah I, I the the more that i read into everything the more i relate to futurama's professor farmsworth where he just says i don't want to live on this planet anymore um mm. yeah no i'm just thinking about that quote that you said making silent hill less scary that's kind of the psychological point of it yeah 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 um, which I know with like the Last of Us TV show, they've had less infected in the episodes, but when they've been there, they've like been a, a presence. 
And I remember when there were some tidbits before the show came out of like, okay, it will be, it's still violent, but it yeah. will be less violent. But it, you've got a difference there where you're you're adapting a game to fit scenes of a TV show. And so far it's very, very, I mean, The Last of Us itself is very, very character driven and very human driven. Because um, really the, the people that you fight and the infected that you fight are just obstacles between A to B. Which yeah. the A to B is the story of a guy who has to get a woman from A to B. It's, it, and it, you also it, have... it kind of is a game that's a really, 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 really long escort mission. Yeah. Um, and you also have things like physics, which you have to obey in a TV show, which you don't have to obey in a video game. Right. Yeah. It's adapted differently. Yeah. Because um, The Last of Us TV show has got this different kind of real, more grounded feel to it. Where uh, you know, last the the game itself, the two games itself do have a gritty, grounded, realistic feel to it, but it's got more of a real feel to it. Um, where it's like, okay, actual humans in a in an environment. So, um, but uh, no, I I thought the whole point of Silent Hill was to make me psychologically kind of not psychologically scared, but creeped out, scared. You know, that's kind of the point of horror. Well, itself. exploring the nature of you know human psychology. It's like. With yeah. uh, Hellblade, I mean, that game can really mess with your head. Mm. Uh, and it's obviously not going to be for everything, everybody. Yeah. But there's literally nothing on this planet outside of oxygen and water that is everything for everybody. I mean, I have two ants that suffer from celiac disease, so they can't do anything gluten. No. Um, I have a best friend who is allergic to shellfish, so he can't do anything seafood. But there right. are entire industries to pasta and seafood. You know, mm. it is what it is. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, there's different types of horror. Obviously, if you look at something like Hellblade, as opposed to Resident Evil, Resident Evil is just, hey, we're going to give you a bunch of guns and you can just shoot and blast your way through this story, which okay has some characters and a bit of lore and a bit of depth, but it's not deep. It's not like, and there might be themes, but it's not sort of thematic in the way that. A Resident Evil or a Last of uh, not Resident uh, Silent Hill or a sort of Last of Us are so, um, but no, I'm the, the the main point is I'm enjoying the games I'm playing, which is good. Obviously, that's not going to happen every single time, um, but uh, it's yeah, there's things to sort out in the gaming industry, and there always will be. Um, but no, I think it's in a good place. So anyway, I think we've more than answered that question. Um, anyway, that's what we've got for you for this week's episode. Thank you all very much for listening. Um, if you'd like to find more of our podcast in the meantime, I'm going to maybe do an episode, another episode today, possibly. I've got, I've got an idea in mind. I just need to actually put the thing together and I need some notes for it as well. So see how much time I've got. Um, cause I'm feeling up to doing it. So I might do that in a minute. Uh, anyway, in the meantime, you can find everything else that we do on entertainmenttalk.org and podcast platforms by searching for Entertainment Talk. TV, games, films, main night podcast, take a look at what we're doing over there. If you want to support us in other ways, you can um, tell other people about what we're doing and where they can find it, either by telling them or using social media. Um, Patreon, $5, $10 level tiers for the every podcast review options. Have a look at that as well if you'd like to. Uh, TV and film news over on geektown.co.uk, Geektown Radio. Uh, as for renewals, cancellations, pickups, air dates, Geek Time Radio, geektime.co.uk, Geek Time Radio is on Tuesdays, look out for those. Um, Bex, you can find uh, very regularly still over on Twitch, Trista, B-Y-T-E-S, for retro chat, game streams, and other things. Me over on Twitch, occasionally at Talk UK and YouTube Entertainment Talk Plays. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next time. Goodbye.
Goodbye.